1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Bike, and this week, I'm joined by one of my gaming dads once again, Paris Lily. Paris, how are you on this lovely Friday? I'm
2: doing fantastic. How are you? I'm
1: good, Paris. It's nice to see you back again. I know Gary is out once again with the baby, so we send our love and well wishes over to him and the family. But It's going to be a great week, and it's going to be a great episode because you and I, Paris, get to talk about Halo, and you know I love talking about Halo on this podcast, so I'm really excited about what we get to do. Week started off on a big high and just been kind of trying to keep that energy since then till Friday, all right? But, Paris, I wanted to kick off the episode celebrating you and talking about you for a moment because you are gonna be celebrating a birthday tomorrow when you're hearing Woo! this live. It's Paris's birthday. So go send him a nice, kind tweet, send some sweet, nasty love from the Kinda Funny crew over to him. But Paris, I wanted to say happy birthday, my friend. Congratulations hey. on another year around the globe. Another
2: year
3: later, you're the best.
2: Thank you, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's funny, cause I was talking to my son about that, uh, where I was picking him up from school earlier. I go, you know, it's like tomorrow's my birthday. I go, it's weird. I go, I, I don't, I don't feel like any different, you know, I'm I'm getting old, but I don't feel old. So, so it's, that's a good thing.
1: Well, happy birthday
2: to you. It's going to be
1: a really great one. Paris. I know I want to ask you about what do you do and what's the best birthday. So I'll put it like this. What is one of some of your special birthdays that maybe had to do with something around gaming, or do you have any memories like that?
2: Uh, my, honestly, the greatest birthday I ever had when I was nine years old, uh, it, okay. it, it was twofold. Um, I had a birthday party at McDonald's and and you may be too young to realize the significance of that, but that was a big deal back in the day to be able to have a birthday party at McDonald's and Ronald, they have them all come the whole thing. It was awesome. But uh, that, and then the birthday gift, see my mom, you know, you know, my mom is funny because she's, she, she wasn't a nerd. She wasn't techie or anything, but she always had a sixth sense about cool stuff, right? Like I've told the story before, Greatest Christmas gift I ever got was '85. She got me the NES, like I, out of nowhere. You know why she even knew to do that? I don't know. But when I think about the greatest birthday gift I got, it was when I was nine years old. She got me um, almost a complete set of the Shogun Warriors, and and if you you again, this is probably predates you. You probably what the hell is Shogun Warriors? So I know you know what Transformers are. Yep. So this is before Transformers, and th- this is like these these Japanese like. Um, I, almost anime style, but like there's these giant robots and, you know, it, and there, there's like a whole TV show, the whole thing. There's manga, all that stuff surrounding them. But she got me the Shogun Warriors, like Transor Z, uh, Dragon Arrow, Poseidon. See, I remember all the names too. I'm, I'm so lame. But honestly, greatest, greatest toys I ever got. Ninth, ninth birthday, um, something I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that that that's a birthday memory that'll always stick out to me. And then I would just say, you know, as an adult, you know, just, just every birthday I get to spend with the family is always good, you know, with the kids and everything. And, you know, we just get to have a good time, eat some cake, you know, make some burgers, whatever we're doing. Right. But just as long as we're all together, that's all that matters.
1: No doubt. Stay away from Khalif Adams cooking. That's the main oh, goal on no, your birthday. You no, know yeah. that.
2: No, I we, love we, we, we will not be catering from, from chef, <laughs> chef Adams. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs>
1: it's wild that you bring up the mcdonald's birthday because i actually might be the last generation that got to celebrate birthdays at mcdonald's i can still vividly remember my mcdonald's had a bright red caboose off of the back of a train in the back of it and i remember going to a number of birthday parties there and also that was during the era where they did have the n64s next to the little play area as well so i got lucky but I don't think many kids will ever get to do that ever again, Paris, nor no. maybe is that the fun stuff anymore, you know? Yeah. That.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's totally different now. That was like an experience yeah, to, to go to McDonald's for your birthday <laughs> back then. guy. that had to have been, oh my God, this is how old I am. So people can do the math. That had to have been eighty nineteen eighty two. 1982. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right? 82, 82, 83. I've been there somewhere bad in math. Yeah.
1: Well, happy birthday to you. I hope that you have a fantastic weekend with the family. It's always great to celebrate with you, and you've always been such a positive influence on my life, so thank you, Paris, for everything. But this week, we get to talk about something positive, you and I. We get to have a little bit of energy on this show because 343 Industries and Xbox kicked off the week with a big-time Halo campaign overview video over on YouTube, and it was six minutes of fun. I cannot wait to talk about the sandbox with you, Paris. So... Let's jump right into the show, and then we'll dive in and talk about all the things from that trailer. So, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on youtube.com, slash Games, roosterteeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget, if you, your family members, your friends, are buying V-Bucks, or maybe Rocket Bucks, or if you're buying anything off of the Epic Games Store, please use our Epic creator code at checkout kind of funny. It's an awesome brand new way to help support us here at kind of funny, and it's no additional cost to you. So if you are going out and purchasing something off that Epic game store, please use our Epic creator code kind of funny at checkout, and we'll get a portion of that purchase. You can help support us here in a new awesome way. Don't forget that the final episode of the Arkham files premieres tomorrow on youtube.com slash kind of funny games at 2 30 PM. And It's all about why Batman Arkham Knight has the best story in the Batman Arkham series. Join Barrett in the chat to talk about all things you love about Arkham Knight to celebrate a good old Halloween special. Paris, is Batman Arkham Knight the best Batman story in video games?
2: Yes. Yes, It, 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 it is, but there's a big but there it took me years to actually finish that game um because i don't know if you remember when it originally came out pretty rough launch uh especially like on on the pc yeah, side yeah pc was uh, a rough launch yeah yeah so it took me a long time for the, for by the time rocksteady actually got everything fixed to go back and and actually experience it my only real nitpick about it is just the batmobile um yeah. I I didn't have I didn't have a lot of fun with that. We're
3: gonna talk about all of the ups and downs of that game The (laughs) PC launch, you know, the Batmobile, the good and the bad of the Batmobile and stuff like that I I, I think I as much as I love that game I do think on a technical level and gameplay level. I give it a very uh, fair uh, critiquing uh, for this final episode of the the Arkham Files and uh, Yeah, I think like the story itself. I, I, I think it's the best one and we'll talk about more why tomorrow. If, if I could say
2: one more thing on it, it isn't specifically on, on Arkham Knight, but just Rocksteady um, by them doing doing the Arkham series with Batman, I personally feel it saved the comic book video game. Like, I, I know you're going to talk about Guardians later as an example. I don't think we have the Spider-Mans and the Guardians and things like that, the Wolverine about to come up that we have today if it wasn't for Rocksteady with Batman Arkham. Uh, you know, back then, because that was the agree. that was the first time it was like, oh, wait, this is actually good. This yeah. is fun. This isn't just some some cheap cash. And this is a really good, compelling not only game, but story as well. So, yeah, yeah kudos to Rocksteady and uh, really excited for Suicide Squad. Um, when we can see more of that later. Or, no, I almost said later this year, but 2022.
3: <laughs> you never know. You know Paris yeah. Game Awards, you never know. Yeah, Maybe they'll true. finally yeah, show some know. gameplay and we can understand what that gameplay is going to look like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like that. And please, everybody go check out the Arkham Files. It's something. Barrett, of course, our producer, working the ones and twos behind the scenes, he's worked really hard on this awesome mini-series, and it is very, very good. Me and Barrett got to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Batman Arkham City together, and it was a wild ride to return to that game and to see all of the hard work you put into the Arkham files when he talked about that game in part two. So please go check it out. You got the final one premiering on set, Sunday, two 30 PM West coast, best coast time over on youtube.com slash so kind of funny games. Then keeping it going with the fun. Greg Miller is gone. Okay. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but Greg Miller, he's gone. <laughs> the <clapping. laughs> Means Paris kind of funny needs a new CEO. And guess what? we've decided to all battle for the position and the title and the glory in a ultimate Mario Party Superstars tournament. Day one just concluded, so you can go check that out, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames for the first match between Tim, Blessing, myself, and Andy. 30 turns, pure mayhem, madness ensued. Who will walk away victorious and move on to the finale? Because get this, It's a multi-part tournament because on Monday, we're going to return to Kind of Funny Games on Twitch to see Nick, Kevin, Barrett, and Roger compete for their spots for the finale that will happen on Extra Life next Saturday where you can come join us. We're going to be raising some money for a great cause, helping those big, beautiful kids out there around the globe. And we'll be playing the title of Kind of Funny CEO. Four people will enter onto the board. Only one will walk away with Greg Miller's title. What will they do with that power? Who knows, Paris, but I know what I'll do. I'm going to make Paris a full-time employee. He's going <laughs> to hang out with me and the gang all the time because we love Paris here at Kind of Funny. Y'all know the deal. But with that, let's move into the show. We'd like to thank our Patreon producers for the month of October. Pranksky, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Techie Haas, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. Of course, this week, The Kind of Funny XCast is sponsored by Express VPN, purple mattress, and DraftKings. But myself and the team will tell you all about that a little bit later. Paris, let's kick off the show with all the fun, all of the hype, and all of the awesomeness, which is the Halo Infinite campaign overview, a six-minute-long video showing off what we and Master Chief are going to get into in this ultimate sandbox. Baird's gonna bring up the trailer in the background. So if you're watching over on YouTube, you'll get to see the trailer as we start to slowly break down some of the key moments. But Paris, I wanted to just get your first initial impressions after Monday's big uh, party over there.
2: You know, it, it, it's funny because we've talked about Halo Infinite, you know, literally since the inception of of XCAS and just the expectations and just everything. That we were hoping it would be, you know, on the multiplayer side and obviously with the campaign and everything. After the showing a a year ago, you know, people lost confidence. I know I was one of them. I lost confidence in what this campaign was going to be. Um, And, you know, I I have said it before and I'll continue to say this it can't just be okay, it has to be great. And watching this six minute trailer, when Jen Taylor says, Halo has always been about Master Chief and Cortana. But you know, basically no more I, to paraphrase, I go 343 three gets it, they get it, they, they're they understanding that you have to build off the foundation of their relationship. And wherever this story goes with their relationship needs to be the core of this. Bringing in the weapon now is this new AI and she's very naive and it's like, Chief had this long-standing relationship with Cortana to where there was a synergy. You know, he didn't have to worry about her questioning everything in the world and how the bat all of this, where the weapon is coming in and it's giving him this different perspective. Um, I was talking about this in the clubhouse the other night that, you know, w- we've literally known Spartan 117 and Cortana for 20 years. I mean, think about that. It, it it has been a twenty year relationship that we have had with them. So to, to hear how, hear how Chief is talking to the weapon and just to to even think Steve Downs, I believe he's in his seventies, you know, in real life at this point, you know, there's that that experience, there's that 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 legacy that is there, and you you could feel it as you're watching through through this thing of of infinite. So I, I've gone from skeptic to being very excited for the potential of what this story is going to be um to see the visuals now that this open world semi-open world i should say is going to have you know on the on this new what is it zeta halo or whatever it's called um is exciting um I, I i love that you you can tell that there's going to be the central story where you can basically go from point a to point b start to finish do the story but this is the beauty of having the semi open world. There's going to be so many different side missions that you can participate in. And this is where it looks like you're going to get some replayability, not to mention upgrading chief. This is how you're going to upgrade chief. It's going to compel you to want to explore and want to do different things outside of the main storyline. It's pretty exciting. Do you see the full sandbox is on display here? I. I my mind wandered so much just thinking about the different possibilities of attacking these various scenarios in unique ways. I mean, we're even going to kind of almost get a second launch of this story when co-op comes early next year, because now it's like all those things I was doing by myself. Now I get to bring in three of my buddies and we, we can go do it on Legendary and really go have some fun. So I, I've I've heard a lot of comparisons when watching this to kind of the Far Cry open world sandbox. I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I was never watching this and not thinking it was Halo. It felt like Halo to me. It looked like Halo to me. And when I say Halo, we've talked about this before, this is taking me back nostalgia wise to the Bungie days to, to CE and to, and to Halo three. I mean, this really feels like the successor to Halo three to me everything that we've seen so far with with the story the way the world looks you know bringing in the banish now we're obviously going to get some other unique enemy types that are coming in as well i love how there seems like there almost might be a nemesis system in here and again this is me speculating a nemesis system you know like from the shadow of mordor where like there's that one elite that's trying to hunt you down like how does that work like there's so many different things that we still don't know about this campaign but that was the, the the shock of shocks that they dropped it on on Monday because I was not expecting that at all. I was really thinking we wouldn't see it until probably the 20 year anniversary. So to get it out now shows they have confidence in this for sure. And taking that extra year and we've said it before might possibly be the smartest thing that Xbox has has done in their 20 year history, because I still contend this game, if it does not hit could do permanent damage, not only to the Halo IP to future titles coming from Microsoft Game Studios, because this is your flagship. This is the one that needs to lead us into the next generation of gaming. And if and if they can't deliver on this after six years, allegedly of development time, why am I going to have confidence in the other titles that are coming out? Why am I going to have confidence in the next Halo? But I will say just sticking strictly to campaign here. What they showed us in those six minutes has me very excited. I'm ready to see more. Can't wait to get my hands on it, and uh looks like we're gonna have a good time. So we're looking forward to it. So long spiel, but uh... oh, I
1: loved it Paris <laughs> I-, I loved it, and I bet everybody listening feels that cause it's a tough act to follow now because I agree with so much that you just said there Paris, right? Like what a shock to the system, as you and I have talked about here on the X cast over the past couple of weeks of. When do we see campaign? Should I be worried that I haven't seen campaign or we haven't talked about campaign is what they've shown me in multiplayer enough to kind of calm me down and not doubt that, you know, after a year of hard work behind the scenes, is this still going to be a banger or not? Right. After what we saw a year ago and the excitement was through the roof on Monday. What a fun time to see what three, four, three was able to take the time to create what they showed us with this sandbox. I think, You hit it so well, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of people maybe worried that they're burnt out on the tried-and-true Ubisoft open-world formula. We just saw that with Far Cry 6. Either you loved it or you said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I've done too much of it, and Mm -hmm. I'm looking for something new. And now we see our beloved franchise here over on the Xbox side say, oh, well, we're going to dip our toe into that, right? And it might not be truly open-world. It might have small gigantic open world segments that are divided up throughout the world. But it is still one of those question marks. When you look at you go, do I want to go do a bunch of outposts? Do I want to do a bunch of collectibles and run around this open world? And you hit it so well, it looks so good. It plays like halo. It feels like halo. And when you watch that, you go, I want to do that. And I think it is sad that co-op won't be there day one you can see that this world was built for co-op, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that the grand scale of all this was meant for you and your other three Spartan friends to be running around this map, causing a lot of chaos and having a ton of fun. But everything they showed has me really excited to jump in as a big Halo fan. And I was blown away by the performance that they put on and the different things that we're going to kind of dissect you and I throughout this six minutes, right? So Baird's going to run that back and I'm going to touch on a couple of big pieces. So Baird, Please bear with me. I'll tell you to pause at some moments, but you can run it back. Let's start off right here with 151, the moment where we see the vehicle drop spots. This is something interesting, Paris, right? You have an open world. Now we're accustomed to just a a warthog being put at a certain spot. Here, you can tell we have a station where Chief is going to call things in. And if you listen closely, that's the pilot with the 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 voice, which is a very interesting story moment. To be like, wait! Now the pilot has access to all these vehicles. That's kind of fun and different. I wonder what that will be. But this was very cool, Paris. To see like the guns in the background, as Barrett is pointing out here, to see the drop pad. What did you think of this to add to the open world?
2: Well, I think again, this is where we're going to see some replayability throughout this open world, where th- you can tackle scenarios different ways, different loadouts of weapons, different vehicles. Like obviously the watch. Like, again. Taking it to co-op. We, we call in four wasps and we all fly over to the objective, right? And and we all do it with, with BRs or whatever the case, right? To see if we can take it down. Maybe there's some challenge modes in there on how quickly we can do it or whatever. Um, or hey, ground assault. You know, we all jump in mongooses and go do it. And we, we all do it with shotguns or whatever. These are the type of things where once we're done with that main campaign, because look, let's be honest, the game comes out on December 8th, right? We're rolling credits by December 10th everybody that's so 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 it's not about the main story so much what can this sandbox give us long term to keep us engaged with it um i even think you know beyond you know the, the first first quarter whatever i'm thinking right but clearly this world seems ripe to be able to drop in dlc you know where they can bring in a specific enemy maybe the, you you have to go hunt down a, a specific you know bank because there's bosses in this too right that was the other cool thing and i'm sure you're you're going to show that in a little bit but seeing these type of things as it goes back to what i'm saying is like there's definitely going to be some replayability in this because i think the sandbox was created specifically to be able to do that. I look, they didn't call this halo infinite for no reason. There's definitely a reason it's called infinite. So, um, again, again, it's exciting to actually see it. We've talked about it so much. We've speculated about it so much, but to actually get, a, a, this, this full six minute clip of, of this world, you know, it's exciting. It, it, it really is because like I said, you can see so many different possibilities.
1: It was so exciting to watch it live with Andy and enjoy it and then re-watch it in 4K. Mm-hmm. And then it was even more exciting last night as I just pressed pause, play, pause, play, pause, play. And I just looked at every single frame I could to enjoy every moment and really break it down. So, Barrett, up next, I want to take another look at something. At 3.34, we get to see the tech map. And that gets brought up. And this is really, really cool because it's a nice piece of UI that we're going to see a lot of, right? This is your essentially your start screen, your menu here. And as you take a look, we have some different options up on the top. You're going to see over there, um, you're going to see the TAC map, which of course is your open world map. You're going to see upgrades. FOB, which we're going to talk about in a moment, but I believe that means forward operating base, which we're going to talk about in a second. Targets and database all the way across the top. If you look at the bottom left, here's your collect-a-thon right here, Paris. You have a number of things for each area where you can collect. So you see the skulls coming back from Halo that everybody loves and a lot of other options in here, which will be very interesting. But as you continue on, I want to talk about something. They're going to zoom in on this golden marker over here, this yellow marker, and it's going to be called FOB Golf. And this is what it reads. When controlled, forward operating base reveals banished and UNSC activity in the surrounding region serves as a fast travel hub and Mm -hmm. rally points for UNSC Marine fire support. And provides access to vehicle drops, weapons, and weapon variants. Gaining valor unlocks available resources to all captured FOBs. Defeat the banished and access the control tournament terminal to cre- to claim this FOB, this forward operating base. Paris, what do you get from that?
2: I, I think we just saw it previously. That what yep. we saw with the with the vehicle drops. That's exactly what it is. And it isn't just given given to you. You have to basically capture that area to be able to access it and access a fast travel point, again, place to, you know, do your loadouts, get different vehicles, things like that. So this is what we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. it it it's giving you something to do out in the open world and use it as a strategic point to then go out to other areas as well.
1: Yeah, this has that feel of Far Cry with the outposts and the strongholds. Mm-hmm. And it has another feel of Assassin's Creed. One thing that I really highlighted that I was looking at and wondering what we'll see with that. It says when you control the Ford Operating Base, it reveals banished and UNSC activity in the surrounding region. Be very interesting if it's like the uh, Assassin's Creed pairs, where you go get the Watchtower, you get to overlook everything, and maybe it yeah. reveals more of that fog of war on the map. So I really look forward to seeing what does that look like, right? How does that play out? And of course, what's the difficulty on these strongholds? We're coming hot off of Far Cry Six, so strongholds are an easy thing to picture in your mind. As you brought up. This open world allows you to go in at day or night, go in on a Pelican and fly down, or whether you're coming in silently as well. That's one thing I want to ask you, Paris, since we're talking about it, and the next one will be one of the outposts. How are they going to tackle stealth? Because a lot of these guns here don't have silencers, right? That's not really ever been a mechanic in Halo. The moment that you snipe somebody, the whole world hears it. Do you think we'll see some sort of stealth mechanic where... It is far cry, and I am Danny Rojas, stealth killing people or maybe silenced weapon murdering half of the outpost to be able to sneak in? Or is that going to be null and void?
2: I think I don't I, yeah, I think it's null and void. I think you you stick to the to the script that has always been halo. to to me, that would be a drastic change from from what we've experienced, obviously the past twenty years. maybe some light stealth elements. But I think, the whole point. And, and, and here's, here's an interesting thing, just a side side on that, I, I wonder how they're going to handle difficulty level, as far as if, if I quote, unquote, capture uh, one of these bases on normal difficulty, but then I switch to heroic, do I still have it? Or do I have to recapture it again mm. on heroic? You know, you know what I mean? Or that. like, or like, if I go capture it on heroic, I go down to normal, I don't have to recapture it again, because I did it on the higher difficulty, things like that. But I think that plays into it where that's gonna your enemy types are probably gonna change depending on the difficulty. And you when you talk stealth again to go back to the main topic, I don't think it'll be hundred percent stealth, but I just think, you know, the whole point of it is you're probably gonna have to clear out all the enemies in the base regardless. So maybe you can take out some without alerting everyone all at once, but ultimately everyone is gonna be alerted and you're gonna have to deal with it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting because the Halo we know and love, right, is The moment you kill a grunt or you shoot somebody, it's on and popping. There is no real stealth going on. And so I I highlight this weapon variance that they have over here from the um, FOBs that you're going to get. And I think back to Halo 4 and 5 when they introduced Warzone, they introduced the card system, right? And they also had those different weapon variants. What will that play a factor? Do we see some sort of really heavily silenced weapons or, like you said, and I think we can imagine it's gonna be pop off time the moment you step foot in those bases.
2: And, and I also think, uh, to tangent off of that a little bit, as, cause you know, we, we saw the unlocks on there as well, cause obviously this is gonna be a part of it. Like we, we saw highlighted during the campaign trailer, the grappling hook, like you can electrify someone. So that mm-hmm. seems like an upgrade. I think the thrust had, had an upgrade to it as well, yes. but we're probably gonna see different ones. I think that is also probably tied to difficulty. I think some of the really good stuff you probably have to play on heroic or legendary to get, you won't be able to get them on normal. Honestly, I hope they do that. I I would prefer that because, because what it does is it's going to encourage you as a player to get out of your comfort zone. Like if you're like, Oh man, legendary is too hard. I don't want to do that. But man, that, that one upgrade to the grapple hook is at that base on legendary. All right. All right. Gotta, gotta go get good. Gotta I gotta try. get good. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? And that adds replayability to it, that adds challenge to it, because that's that carrot sitting out there that you want. And the only way you can get it is, you know, like I said, by playing on a higher difficulty to be able to get it, which improves you as a player at the same time. So I do hope stuff like that is in there. And hey, if anybody from 343 is listening or watching this, answer my question. <laughs>
1: answer his question. He needs to know. Well, let's go to 413 on the trailer. Barrett's going to show us because this is the upgrade system right now. We return to that UI system on your menu. We get to look at Chiefs upgrades, and this one pairs like you brought up. Look at that, the thruster is here. That's one thing yeah. that we didn't see in multiplayer. Even though a lot of people came after me on Twitter, they said, "Oh, it was in multiplayer," but very few people saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't see it in my you know three weeks of playing it." But as we take a look, pairs, there's all the equipment that we have seen now adding to the thruster. And you can see there's a four-tier upgrade system, as you brought up, right? Each one of those has a four different pieces that you could upgrade and elevate with. And we're going to see right after this, he'll upgrade the fourth tier of that thruster, which is going to add invisibility onto it. So he'll go into a cloak after using it and then kills this banished brute right here. Very, very cool stuff. My question to you is, Paris, with all of this equipment now, how fast do you think it will be to switch equipment from let's say the grapple shot to the sensor over to the thrusters do you think this will be as easy as switching grenades or do you think this is a hey there's a massive cooldown then you can switch or you can switch at a forward operating base
2: i think what you just previously said there probably should be some cooldown tied to it because you know if if i'm using the grapple hook i shouldn't be able to immediately switch it over to the other one it's not that it's cheating but it almost balances it out in a, in a way so you have to be more strategic or yeah i'm just going to con- continually cycle through all my equipment you know to, to to quote unquote get an advantage or whatever so and maybe they don't do that but i, I guess if i was making the game that that's how i would do it because i think it it adds some strategy to it versus just like i said just rolodexing through everything that you have. So, I would imagine there's some kind of cooldown to it so that if you're using one piece of equipment, you can't immediately just swap it out and go over to another one during a confrontation.
1: I like that, Paris, because I'm over here. I'm ready to spam it, right? I'm already thinking <laughs> of, I'm going to grapple shot immediately, switch to the thrusters, get an extra boost forward. I'm going to throw down the shield wall. I'm going to sensor over 20 feet in the air. And so, I, I look forward to seeing how we'll be able to use all this equipment. In different situations, how fast we can turn and burn it and switch it up will be really, really fun. Yeah. Of course, it wouldn't be Halo without a only in Halo moments. Over at 450, we ended this one with a nice little nod over to Battlefield Paris, which was pretty cool. Yeah, flying this Banshee over, then getting out of the Banshee. Uh, that is the spear. What is that one called? I forget about it. the the skewer. Yeah, and then. Grapple shotting into another Banshee. Paris, this was a nice little nod. This was cool.
2: No, it was, it was. That was definitely a cool moment. And and you know, everybody and their mom is going to try and replicate this and we're gonna see a thousand <laughs> different TikToks showing it off. But uh, yeah, it, like you said, only in Halo moment. So it's, it's fun. And again, this is the whole point of the sandbox, being able to go in and do stuff like that, you know, and, and just have fun with it. Exactly, the sandbox, right? This is one thing. When you
1: watch this six-minute trailer, it's all about showing you the power that you have as Master Chief, as the Spartan, and in this sandbox, right? You see sweeping vistas. You see different biomes that you're going to be going through. The opportunities are endless, and you're going to be able to choose what you want to do and how Mm -hmm. you want to do it, which is really, really exciting. I want to circle back to one thing we talked about over at 325. It's the first named enemy we've ever seen here, Paris, which is very, very interesting. Of course, I can't name a named enemy uh, that we've seen throughout all of the history of Halo, so I believe this is something new. But right here, we're going to see our first ever named enemy boss, mini boss. What do you think this could be here, Paris?
2: Yeah, I'm thinking this is some type of mini boss, and maybe these are, are tied into the, lack of a better term, the strongholds, where you know when you quote unquote capture one there's there's a, a boss at the end of it that you have to take down um and and then like we were saying before potentially with that one elite also also looks like another name Then maybe he's a higher tier boss maybe he has story tied into story elements and i know there's um i'm forgetting her name but uh she, she was talking about the forerunners that that seems to be another harbinger one
1: harbinger of truth there you go i believe there yep. you
2: go yeah so clearly there's, there's going to be some banished and banished named enemies, some elite named enemies, maybe even some forerunner named enemies that, that we're going to run into during this. And, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, defeating them as we talk about upgrades and things. Maybe that's something that you get, you know, once you defeat one. Is this specific to a stronghold? Can there be random encounters out in the open world? I guess we'll have to see.
1: So exciting. And that's another one when you bring up the TAC map, you get to see that one of them, it says target. So it will be very interesting if there's high value targets that you're going to go for, and they're going to have names on those enemies. going to be a really, really cool way. And that's something we talk about, right, with this open world. How do you bring life? How do you bring a lot of activity into the open world? And that's something that Ubisoft will continue to point over to them because that's their bread and butter, right? You think of Assassin's Creed, you think of Far Cry, you think of The Division. They know what a big open world sandbox has to have, and it's got to be a lot of activity and things to do and it looks like 343 is trying to find ways to ensure that you as master chief have a lot of fun things to do while out, out in the field
2: now i have a question for you yeah because because i've been thinking about this since since i watched the trailer um one character that we have not seen or heard from in infinite and you know he's going to be there is the arbiter will he be playable this time oh well i'm going to tell you
1: this paris i was one of the few people that I know that loved playing as the elites in multiplayer. Oh, so no, oh, I, I did too. Lo- yeah. Oh, There we go, So I love
2: the even Arbiter. Though, even though the head was too big. Was head yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. I know, that's what they always told me, but <laughs> yeah. I love
1: the look of them. Um, so I love the Arbiter. And that's a wild one to bring up there, pairs. because if that is the case, I wouldn't be mad at all. And I know a lot of people, they're not going to be happy about me saying that, pairs. because you know how they get. I wouldn't be mad at all to play as the Arbiter for X amount of missions, whether it even be just one. I think that would be really cool.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I guess I was thinking it more, more, more in line that they're going to make this Spartan one, one, seven story, John's story. So I, I don't think mm. main campaign you will play as the orbiter, but I can see co-op. Oh, okay. He comes in potentially. And that's why I'm wondering, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so curious how with co-op, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, obviously when, when they finally reveal it, maybe. Co-op isn't just for Spartan clones. What if we're playing different skins for more or less? But obviously you're 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 a Spartan. Maybe you are an elite. Maybe there's I don't know, a, a, another unknown character out there that that we don't know about yet, that you mm. potentially can play as during during the co-op missions. And I'm probably wrong, It's probably four Spartans, but i'm I'm trying to think outside the box where they could do different things and and again when we talk about dlc and and them wanting to keep this going maybe that's the opportunity to bring the arbiter in as a playable character so so now we get a side mission where you're the arbiter that is parallel you know to to john's story in the main main story right and and you get these different encounters out there you know in the in the open world doing different things so I mean, it's, it's ex- again, infinite, infinite possibilities. So, you know, until until we get more information uh, about what the campaign is going to be, you know, like I said, seeing that trailer really opened my eyes to the potential of what what this game can be. And it's exciting. It, it, it is truly exciting because we all want Halo to be great. That I, I think that's been one thing of all the criticism that we've had over the past probably 18 months about infinite. It has all been in the best interest of we want the game to be great. That's it. You know, like the fact that you can see they fixed the visuals, you know, Craig, look, Craig, Craig, Craig grew a goatee. It looks great, right?
3: They should have leaned into it.
2: They really should have. They really should have. I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, lean into the joke, lean into, hey, this is what it was before. Here's what it is now. I think even the official Xbox account did do something like that. But it looks great. You know, from the multiplayer, we know it plays great. So I, I, I'm definitely excited to to get my hands on this campaign. And like I said, I as long as they tell a compelling story about Chief and Cortana and what that relationship has meant and where it's going to go next, I, I, I think they'll be fine. I, I will personally say the vibe I get from all of this is we're going to be saying goodbye to Cortana. I think this is it. I think whatever she's become, whatever she's going to be, her this is about John letting her go. And obviously we'll see what the weapon's going to be and how all that plays out, but they're basically setting you up to say it is okay to play without Cortana. It is okay to let her go. And I think that's where they're going with this and uh, again, I'm I'm excited to see it. And I Ooh. could be 100% wrong.
1: Give me goosebumps thinking about saying goodbye to Cortana. I don't think I'm ready after 20 years, but maybe I need to be ready. I'm not quite sure. But, that Harris, it's really, really exciting. And you talk about the platform, right? This ever-living, ever-evolving Halo Infinite. And I love the idea of, like, can you introduce the Arbiter? You also had me thinking of, well, what does four-player co-op look like? Are we all just Master Chief? Are we all just some random Spartans running together? Am I going to bring in a customized color will we become red team or blue team right right? right. like what does this look like do we start to bring in characters from the books that we might not know about and introduce new ways to play but yeah it is really interesting to think of we see this now and now we know it's only single player but what would have that looked like if this was co-op and four players and what would they have looked like running around would it have just been four same looking master chiefs or would there have been a different color so i really am excited to see how they grow and evolve this and you know, a n- whole quarter to wait. Maybe they do introduce co-op in a whole new way with some fun stuff to uh, add on to the awesomeness of this. But to end this all out, of course, we got to be introduced to some new enemies. That's yep. right. We have the, sk- uh, the Skimmers, which is a flying enemy variant. We have the Spartan Hunter, as you brought up, Jenga or Domni. And, of course, something even deadlier, the Harbinger of Truth, Paris, this was a good moment right here, especially the end with the Harbinger of Truth. What did you think of this character coming in? Do you think this will be one of the main focal points here?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I think whatever the the true main story is going to be, clearly this character is going to play a big part of it. And and you can see Chief is outmatched here. Ch- Chief is at the disadvantage. So how the, all that plays out, it's going to be be interesting to see as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That was the six minutes.
1: And those six minutes go by in a blink of an eye. If you're watching over on YouTube with us doing the trailer breakdown, if you go watch it for yourself, it is nothing but excitement, fun, a whole lot of Halo hype, and it's really, really awesome. So Paris, as we start to slowly get out of this, you've really brought up the story and how important that is for this team to nail that story moving forward. I gotta ask you, of course, like everybody else, do you worry about this semi-open world? Do you worry about getting lost in the the checkpoints and the collectathons and all these different mini-missions within that open world that might dilute the story or take away or have players get lost and not really focus on the main narrative of this? Do you have any concerns at all?
2: Um, I don't really have concerns because I think we've had enough games that have done things like this that I'm, I'm used to it, so to speak. Um, it seems to me this implementation of it, and I talked about it at the beginning, is you're going to have your main story where you can go from point A to point B and it will in a way, hold your hand to get there. It is going to be up to you to go off the beaten path and and tackle some of these other things, which you'll be encouraged to do because that's going to allow you to upgrade chief and be able to do some other cool things in the sandbox. So not overly concerned about it. I, again, I just think it's a thing of, we, we got to actually have it in our hands so we can hundred percent understand, you know, how it's going to work. But you know, from, from the outside looking in, it seems like it'll be fine. I'm not too concerned. I
1: like that. Everybody out there, whether you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast services, let us know what you think about the halo campaign overview video. That was just up on YouTube this week. We got to break down the trailer with all of you, give our thoughts and impressions. Of course, I want to hear from all of you. So let us know what your thoughts and impressions are coming hot off of that December 8th, getting very, very close. Also Paris really quick before we leave halo. I want to give a big shout-out once again. I always do it every month, but 343, killing it with the Inside Infinite blog post. They yes. continue to be transparent. They continue to bring out and talk with all these different teams and allow you to get to know the hardworking men and women over at that team and, most importantly, all the awesome things that they do to help create this epic game that hopefully we'll be playing very, very soon. So really go check out that Inside Infinite.
2: Absolutely, and I'll just simply say on that. This, this is what we were talking about uh, even a year ago after the initial reveal and the delay, and people were disappointed. We're just like, hey, just be transparent. Just talk to the community. Let us know what's going on. And I think as long as you do that, people people can be understanding and and go with it. And that's exactly what we've seen um, since they've been talking about the multiplayer and obviously talking about the campaign now and the PC spe- like all these different things. It's like, okay, you're listening to the community and you're you're having dialogue with the community and i think every game should should be able to do that and and one that is as big and as important as this one i think it's paramount to do that to try and ease people's minds so people can understand you know what to expect and i think they've done a pretty good job with it love that let's hear a quick word from our sponsors
0: This episode is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Everyone is obsessed with sleep these days because no one is getting it. But you know what really helps get a good night's sleep? A Purple Mattress, baby. Only Purple has the Gel Flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts around pressure points and doesn't trap heat. And I can attest to that. I overheat very easily. I run hot and I absolutely love my Purple Mattress and my Purple Pillow that also has this technology and it just never gets hot. Uh, You can try Purple Mattress risk-free with shipping and returns. There's even financing available, so you got a ton of options to get better sleep now. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash funny 10 and use code kindafunny10. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any orders of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash funny 10 Code kindafunny10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash kind of funny 10 promo code kind of funny 10 terms apply next up shout out to express vpn always keeping me and my internet safe going online without a vpn is like carrying an expensive smartphone without a protective case you're probably fine most of the time but one slip and everything gets cracked open and it doesn't even take that much knowledge to hack somebody i'm sure kevin could do it if he really wanted to they just need some cheap hardware a smart 12 year old can do it <laughs> that's funny don't get don't get owned by a 12 year old <laughs> Thank you for that. Copy ExpressVPN. Get ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN routes you through a secure encrypted tunnel that disguises your IP address. It takes a hacker with a supercomputer a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And ExpressVPN is really easy to use. You just open the app, you click a button, and you're protected. I can attest to that. I use it every day, and I am safe. Uh, Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. That's e x p r e -S s s v p n. Funny, and you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash kinda funny. And finally, shout out to DraftKings, the killer crossovers, the nothing but net jumpers, the tenacious throwdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is back. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That is a lot of prizes, everyone. You can score big and that can score you big cash. Uh, with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want you can download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KINDAFUNNY this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you just gotta enter the promo code KINDAFUNNY to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code kinda funny. K I N D A F U N N Y. Only at DraftKings there's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply, but you can see draftkings.com for all of those details. All right, everybody, welcome back. Paris,
1: we talked about Halo. Now I want to know what the heck have you been playing? It's been a couple of weeks since we've caught up and heard the different games that you've been playing. So I want to talk about one that I know you and I have been playing together. That is Back for Blood. Back for Blood, of course, released on Game Pass day and date. And the positive one is Turtle Rock announced over on Twitter Paris that the game has now reached a new player milestone of over six million players, aka cleaners, jumping into the action and the fun since launch. What were some of your impressions of back for blood?
2: I enjoy it. Um it's not as it is not as easy or is it harder than I think. I'll say it's harder than than I thought it was going to be. Mm, yep. um the the biggest takeaway I, I can take from back for Blo- back for blood is play with people you know do not play with random people um it is literally banging your head against the wall playing with random people if they're not communicating and and you're you're not all on the same page as as you tackle you know these maps and go go do the different objectives um it can be a frustrating experience that way but when you play with people you know you play with your buddies it's it's a blast um Kudos to Total Rock, Warner Brothers, uh, being able to, you know, bring back those those Friday night vibes of, of Left 4 Dead that I used to have uh, back back in the day, because um, that that's what I took from this. A lot, lot of fun. Um, I will fully admit uh, just my real life. I've, I've been pretty busy uh, recently, so I haven't played as much as I want. But when I've had a chance to play, play with my son, a couple of other people I know always have a good time. Yeah, you, you say it so well. It
1: brings back the Friday night vibes that Left for Dead used to have, and it is the social experience, right? There's moments where, yes, it becomes bang your head frustratingly hard where all of a sudden I feel like their just curve is outrageous. Where it's like, where did all this difficulty come from? Mm-hmm. But then 80% of the time it's like, man, this is just me and my friends catching up on the week that we just had, talking about it, having some fun, because I mindlessly slay zombies. But I will tell you, Paris, after a week I have now uninstalled this game. I am completely done with Back for mm-hmm. Blood. We have played, we have enjoyed the campaign, and that is all that I needed from this. And right. it's just similar to a another Aliens Fireteam Elite, right? It's like, I played through this, I am now done, and I'll return for maybe some DLC, but this was never a game that I knew I was going to get truly into with the deck building and see how I could challenge myself and constantly replay it. That just kind of feel, and I guess maybe that game, right, for me, isn't that anymore. Just like we used to do with Left for Dead way back in the day and just constantly rerun things. That is not what I'm looking for anymore. So I've played it. I enjoyed my time and I've moved on already, Paris.
2: You, you know, it's interesting. And, and this is a tangent from Back for Blood, but I, I think it's relevant in what you just said. Does this give you concern for Redfall? <sighs> a little bit, but I think
1: with Redfall... You know, from the early impressions of what we saw and then some of those photos that were shown, I, I think that it might be beca- uh, might be a little more elevated because it is the open world type co-op experience mm-hmm. that I'm hoping for. And I think that maybe lends a little more game time and play time to it as opposed to here's point A, get to point B, get out of there. I like the open world vibe, but again, right, Paris? This is a game that we will play. We will most likely finish in a week or two and then move on from, right? I don't think this is a game that will capture me in any way, shape, or form with Redfall as to something different, right? Then when we, now you and I, we're evolving it, right? Because then you take one step from Redfall, what is it? It would be Destiny to live games of service with an open world where I'm constantly loot, grind, hunting. Right, right. trying to level up. That would be the next progression if you wanted to keep me. And I don't know if Redfall will have that. And uh, we'll see. We'll have to see, though
2: yeah yeah obviously we we know very little about the game but just the basic concept of you know being four player co-op going into this kind of open world you know what's the what's the loop what's the thing that's going to keep you coming back so
3: here's the thing Paris here's the thing this one uh, Redfall vampires very different very different <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely different but but you get what i'm saying so it's just interesting because because I, I agree with you as far as back for blood this isn't something that you you feel this pull that oh man i gotta jump in and go play it every night or, or whatever it's a thing of yeah if you got a few buddies and like you said you want to make it a social experience and have fun on a friday night absolutely jump in play it um i'm, I'm glad to see that it has such high numbers it'll be interesting you know once we get you know when the call of duties and the battlefields and obviously halo come out to see how many people are still playing at that point but i, I think for a game right now for some for something to do it, it, i i would recommend it for sure um if someone has game Pass is looking for something to pick up i mean honestly i would even recommend it if you purchased it outright but i would just give the caveat this needs to be a co-op experience with friends yeah um don't go in there solo and just play with random people because that could be a frustrating experience I agree
1: with that, Paris. And uh, another big one is like the Game Pass experience. We talked about this with Outriders, a game where we played it, we beat it, we got out of there, never looked back, but Outriders wasn't on PC. This one releasing day and date on PC and Xbox, I think really shot up its numbers and helped this one out. You can look at the other side of it with Aliens Fireteam Elite, right? Not on Game Pass, not really talked about, kind of just left in the dust. Yeah. And I wonder if Back for Blood would have been similar to that. I'm sure it would have had a little more leeway with the name and the, you know, left for dead kind of uh, lineage, but would this have been the same thing if this was a $60 title that came at you day and date instead of game pass?
2: I, I honestly think, and uh, I can, I can sense the comments that are already coming when oh, I say yeah. this. I think it was essential to be a part of game pass game pass absolutely helped this game i think exactly what you're saying if it would have just been a standalone 60 dollars title though because we said six million right now it's probably half that i truly believe that i do think game pass helped it in that way and which is why i I say what what i tweeted this last week or something because i got a bunch of flag for that too game pass is the best value in gaming just is yeah. you can argue you can argue until you blue Look, this Xbox shows I can say whatever I want and yeah, we can but, say that people like yeah it. yeah but uh but it is because of exactly what you're talking about like it's funny you talk about Outriders it's on PC now on on Game Pass but that ship sailed for that game unfortunately a lot of people aren't going to go back and give it a shot now and and I think the difference between Outriders and Back for Blood is Back for Blood for the most part came in pretty polished whereas Outriders didn't and that definitely hurt it because people weren't gonna sit there and fight a bunch of technical glitches and losing progress and loot and all this stuff in a game that they are playing on Game Pass when that's the beauty of Game Pass. Well, you're not working the way you're supposed to, well, I'll put you down and I'll go play something else because I my time is valuable. And that that's the one thing about Game Pass that as a consumer I truly love is it respects my time because if you give me a game I don't like, I don't feel obligated to sit there and play it. There are hundreds of other options out there that will value my time more that I can go play. You know what I mean? So yeah, to, to me, it's a fantastic service. Um, again, games like Back for Blood, in my opinion, were built for it because it, it creates engagement and, you know, it, it gives people something to do. And, and like I said, you don't feel like, well, I better get my money's worth because you're already a subscriber. So you play until you feel satisfied and then you move on.
1: You're in it. Let's talk about another game that caught me off guard, Paris, and has really blown me away. And that's Guardians of the Galaxy. It has taken me to the cosmos, Paris, and I am a true believer now. I don't know if you've gotten to jump in, but I know Barrett has, and he will come talk a little bit with me. But of course, you can go check out our full review from Kind of Funny on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Check out the latest Kind of Funny Games cast where myself, Tim, Blessing, and Greg Miller all sit down to discuss The latest and greatest from Square Enix and Idols Montreal, which is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll start, Barrett. This game, like I said, blew me away. I'm put on on the games cast. I said this simple sentence. I had a blast with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. It is one of the best gaming experiences of the year. And I think it is one of the best superhero games ever created with the likes of like Arkham, like we said, and a number of other ones. This is truly an awesome experience and a whole lot of fun. Barrett, where are you at right now with this and what are you thinking?
3: I'm definitely with you on some of the, one of the funnest experiences I've had this year. I'm about two-thirds of the way through. I, I have about, I assume, like five chapters left. Um, and I'm, I'm really loving the, the, the story, uh, the, the gameplay. I, was, I remember being really down on when they first revealed it uh, back at, I think, E3, was it? Um, Saying it like it, it looks kind of janky. It didn't look like very interesting. And getting in there and like being this leader uh, for this team, I think is is way more fun than I expected it to be. Um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of there with you. My only two kind of complaints that I've had so far with the game is I think it's I think it's starting to get a little long in the tooth for me um, of just like pacing um, and just like how much story there's there's going on. Like I feel like. Uh, it 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 feels less of like uh, pacing out uh, story beats as like a movie, and more of like I'm I'm playing an entire season of a, like a Guardians of the Galaxy show almost. Um, there's just a lot going on. I was like, wow, this is this is way more than I expected uh, for a story for this game, and I'm in that way I'm impressed. But uh, there's been a lot of moments and a lot of chapters where I'm like, oh man. I don't think this chapter needed to be this long and had this many encounters, especially, like, I'm having fun with the combat, but it is one of those, like, when I'm in each encounter, it's like, all right, this fight's going on a little longer than I want it to, um... And so there's that, and then I've ran into a lot of bugs, just a lot of bugs, a lot of, you know, trying... I I have to, like, interact with this thing to make the story move on or go through this, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, uh, crevice to crawl through to uh, get this collectible, and there'll be a lot of, like... I go to a workbench, and, you know, Rocket is the only one who can work at the workbench to, like, upgrade uh, some of Peter Quill's abilities, and uh, you find them uh, kind of in random levels, you have one on your ship, uh, the Milano, obviously, and uh, there have been a lot of workbenches where I go up to, and Rocket is with us, and he's hanging out with us, he's one of the people I can control, because, you know... Slight spoilers, uh, every once in a while a, a, a member of your party will go off and do their own thing so you don't have your entire crew with you. But there have been plenty of times where Rocket is with me and my other teammates are like, oh man sucks that you can't work at this workbench since Rocket isn't here. And I'm like, he's right... He's standing right here. I want an upgrade. (laughs) Give me a fucking upgrade. So I've ran into a lot of that. I've ran into a lot of, like, you know, I, I shoot, like, the weird goo stuff to be able to crawl through a hole. And, like, I'll shoot the goo, and then I'll try to crawl through the hole, but the animation won't start, so it won't let me go through. So there's been a lot of, like... All right, reload last checkpoint. See if that works now, and like all little things like that, falling yeah. through the world a couple of times. Um, I th- I think on a technical level, this game. I'm playing on PS5. Uh, at least I don't know how uh, Xbox is, has played through, but on play on the PlayStation side, at least it's it was it's been a lot. But I'm really loving the story. I I think. Something that you brought up, uh, all of you brought up on the Gamescast It's like, you guys really liked this Gamora more than, like, the MCU Gamora, uh, so on and so forth. I would say that I think I like this entire Guardians team more than I like the entire MCU Guardians team, Ooh, for sure. Wow. I think Peter's way more likable. I agree with y'all. Like, I think Gamora has a little more personality and a little uh, – she's a little more multifaceted. Again, I think, like, the – you know, there's the advantage of the game if you're actually spending, like – 12 hours with these characters at this point, whereas the Guardians have only had two movies that are two hours each, right? And so, yeah, I think they're able to get a lot deeper with each of these characters. I like this, you know, I, I feel like Drax, Rocket, and Groot, you can't, like, it, there's not much to super deviate from those characters, but I love, like, how much deeper we've gone into, like, Drax and, like, kind of his... um his trauma and like his like uh, losing his family and like what that means for him and how that relates to peter and his like upbringing and all of this stuff like there's a there's an optional conversation you totally miss with drax that um got me got me in my feels and like it was wild that i was like man i could have totally missed this and it's like one of the best scenes in the game so far um yeah i i with with my tiny complaints here and there, I, I absolutely adore it. It'll probably make my top 10 games a personal list of, uh, of 2021. As far as the, the higher echelon of best superhero games... I think there could be an argument made for it. Like, I would have to, like, really de- deep, deep, uh, do a deep dive into, like, all of the history of superhero games, but I-, I, I could see there being an argument made for it. Um, I was expecting a, a Marvel's Avengers experience with this game, and I feel like I got something a little closer to, to a linear Spider Man from Insomniac, and that's, you know, like, I think they they nailed it for a first entry. Like I haven't finished it, so I don't know where the the story goes. If it would even make sense to do a sequel, if this is just like a one off thing for Idos Montreal, uh, or if this is something that they want to like continue on as a franchise. Because I would love to see like what they do with the the future of it. So that's a, those are my yeah. thoughts so far. Yeah, I
1: want to give a big shout out to Idos Montreal. The writing team did a phenomenal job. Hundred percent writing out this story, these characters, the banter, the heartwarming moments. The moments where you really see this ragtag group of misfits come together, right? There's a through line that connects them all. And it's wild to see those moments come to light and share that moment with everyone and be like, wow, that was like surprisingly and deep it's, and heartwarming and
3: good. And that and like on the other side, it's genuinely funny, which like mm-hmm. from all of the trailers I watched, all the story trailers, I was like. Ugh, they're trying to do the thing that Telltale, uh, the Telltale Guardians game did, which like, they're trying really hard to be MCU, but it's not quite, and it's gonna be really cringy and weird. And they've they they found their footing with the humor in this game, which is very impressive because like Ido's do, I Montreal, you know, worked on the the Deus Ex games and stuff like that. So I was like. Uh, this will be a, you know, a, a first time experience for this writing team. If it, if it was the same writing team, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure on that. But um, yeah, I was really impressed. I've been really impressed with the humor so far. I've had a lot of laugh out loud moments and it's hard to be funny uh, in any medium, but especially in video games. And the, those are, I feel like, very rare. Um, and I think the humor in this is, is really, really good. So I want to shout that out, out as yeah. well. And finally, super impressive
1: character designs like unbelievable character designs that make you want to screenshot or go into photo mode almost every moment of the game. The hair is still the hair, right? I think we haven't hit that point, Paris, in life where the hair is perfect quite yet, but the facial animations are unbelievable in this game, like truly awe-inspiring, up with the, the biggest and the baddest video games you've played before, and I was really blown away by that. I took a number of screenshots, and I cannot wait to share them. I'm holding off on all the fun spoilers because there's a lot of moments in this game where you're going to be introduced to a Wacky Wild character or there's going to be a cameo that's going to make your jaw drop to the floor because you did not see it coming. So great job, Idols Montreal. Very, very excited about this game. Really loved it. Uh, You know, when I do my skip it, buy it on sale, or buy it right away, this is one of those games where I would say, yeah, buy it right away if you're interested in a single-player narrative-driven superhero game with the Guardians. This game is a lot of fun. It's 15 hours, so it's worth the $60. And on top of that, of course, if you want to buy it on sale, you're going to get a great bang for your buck on this if you wait for it. So, really, really great stuff. Let's move on to one more game that I know I've been the only one playing because I absolutely love it and it's bringing me back to the 90s Paris. Age of Empires 4 has now been released over on PC Game Pass. Of course, big shout out to Relic Games and Xbox for sending me a early review code so I was able to jump in and this is one of those games, Paris. It's tough to change up the formula and elevate what Age of Empires is because this RTS is one of the best. And it has been ever since the early 90s and beyond, right? We were playing Age of Empires 2 in like 98. Yeah. So you can't really tinker with the formula before. besides elevating the graphics and the overall running of the game on these new tech PCs. But the one thing I do want to give a big shout out to is two things. And that's one, right, when you start the game, having an early game tutorial and awesome challenge mode missions that you can do anytime when you jump into the game. I think jumping in with this tutorial right off the bat really allows new players and old players coming back into the franchise to take a moment, to take a breath and learn the mechanics once again. This isn't a Warcraft 3 or Starcraft 2 where it's kind of a boiled down, like really simplified RTS that just gets you into the combat. Age of Empires has a lot going on from economy, the city building, and then the unit building and the rock, paper, scissors fun that has all of that. And I I truly believe that this is one of the best, but it's also one of the harder ones to grasp. Hey, everybody. We're currently experiencing some technical difficulties over on our producer and our side. So we're going to cut this episode just a little short, but I'll tell you more about Age of Empires 4 next week. But all you need to know is I'm absolutely loving Age of Empires 4. I love what Relic Games did with the franchise and how they elevated the campaign and these awesome docu-videos that you gotta go check out called Hands-On History Between Each and Every Campaign Mission. It's an absolute blast. But with that, we'll save more of my impressions for next week. Paris Lilly, happy birthday, my friend. I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you. Everybody out there, have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next time. Sorry about that. Peace.